Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Tuesday, November 21st, eight minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday we started the program talking about the latest NBC News poll, which said that Trump is leading across the board. This morning, we're going to talk about the latest Caps-Harris survey, which says that Robert Kennedy Jr. currently leads the pack in high favorability rating among all of the candidates. This means He's the most likable. People want to see more from him. That's not all that surprising, though, right? And this is why I've said I'm not doing polls that don't include him. Because right now, this moment in time, he's polling anywhere between 10 and 20 percent. And as a result of that, he absolutely changes the outcome of how people vote. Now, does that mean after people get to know him and his just totally extremist record on things like the environment that they're going to move away from him? Probably. But for right now, he's certainly an integral part of the equation. And and but the reason he's so highly favorable is because nobody knows anything about People him. People don't know him yet. And when his past catches up with him, they might change their mind. He's I, come out and said that he had a spiritual awakening and that's what got him off of all of the drugs and alcohol that he had a problem with early on in his life. Uh, but right now, 52% say that they have a favorable opinion of him. Well, and you just straight up, you know, you cannot... This is the problem with something like like a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. right now. He has to be included in the equation because of how well he's actually doing. However, it's smoke and mirrors at this point. And this is why these celebrities, right, The Rock or Matthew McConaughey or uh, uh, whoever, the Oprah, Mm -hmm. all these people who, you know, supposedly, oh, boy, wouldn't it be great if they got in? They're not going to because they're invested in their celebrity and that's how they make money is on their celebrity and they need to be liked and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And once people get to know, I mean, this dude is for reparations. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a there's going to be a huge portion of the populace and the just horrific things he said about what people should happen to people who do not agree with his totally outside the mainstream stance on environmental activism. It's going to it's going to catch up to him. But for now, mm-hmm. he's certainly a player in the game. How much of it is legacy with his name? It is. You're right. hundred percent. The big part of it is nostalgia and I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, you know, depending on age or my mother was a, you know, a Kennedy voter and the world was a better place when Bobby and John John were calling the shots and let's return to that. But it, it just... It's simply illogical. He has a lot of things that appeal to people, the medical freedom stuff, the medical, you know, independence on on vaccines, et cetera. But he is just simply once the stuff gets out on him, just it's going to alienate a lot of people. Yep, there's a lot of things that he's into uh, high government overreach that people are going to learn about and not be cool with. But right now he's sitting in the lead, followed by Donald Trump, who's got a 51 percent favorability rating. And then there's Joe Biden, who's sitting at 46 and then goes the rest. And I think the interesting thing about this poll is that 
Vivek Ramaswamy is beating Ron DeSantis. Vivek has an 8% favorability rating, whereas Ron DeSantis is sitting at 6%, and then Nikki Haley, and then well, I don't even think Chris Christie showed up. Uh, I mean, here's the problem with the favorability, though. That mm-hmm. oftentimes does not translate into voting, v- voting, yeah. you know, voting uh, prowess at the, at the voting uh, booth. Thank you. Yes. Because what does that mean? You have a higher favorability. What is there about Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek, whatever, whichever Mm -hmm. way we're going with it this week, um, what is there about him that you have no legislative anything to go off of? Like Ron DeSantis, your opinion of him is going to be based on the stuff he has done as the governor of Florida. Vivek Ramaswamy, there is just a guy just coming out with broad ideas that are li- very limited on specifics. Well, it's kind of hard to be have a negative opinion of some guy that you can't pin him down on how he'd do something or pay for something or anything else. I think the interesting thing about Vivek is that people like him because he seems to be speaking his mind no hold barred, right? He's just out there. He's putting it all out there. But yet he's the guy who's saying, let's talk about policy. Sure. Well, again, none of this matters right now. It's just us cackling hens, having a good time because it is, you know, it's water cooler chatter. Hey, did you see the latest poll? People will really start. If you have a poll in Iowa right now, there is probably some degree of relevance to that because the Iowa caucuses are a couple months away and people are kind of starting to gear up and hone in and see who their favorite underachiever is going to be this election cycle. But if you're asking somebody, hey, how do you intend, most people don't even know what they're going to have for lunch tomorrow, much less how do you intend to vote in, you know, 11-ish months from now. So I think you've got to take all of that with a grain of salt that it is simply entertainment at this point and hey maybe in august if robert f kennedy jr is still polling at 15 percent in august of next year or september of next year then we've got something very interesting occurring here but i don't think that's going to happen i think you're going to see as we always do people are going to billy badass in front of their friends and family about how they're sick of this and they're sick of that and they're bad done with the two-party system and f these guys and f those girls and then they're going to get in that polling booth and they're going to go well i can't let if you're a republican a democrat get in there or if mm-hmm. i'm a democrat i can't let a republican get in there it's the same song and dance from the same group of people every single time speaking of the same song and dance from the same group of people corinne jean pierre white house press secretary had herself a presser yesterday oh, we haven't heard from her in a while and i thought this was appropriate because that polling did come out yesterday or actually on sunday and it showed just a horrendous job approval rating for joe biden and of course kareen had to come to his defense and here's what she had to say about the bad ratings that biden got the polls that show that the electorate at large and also uh, significant majorities within the Democratic Party believe uh, that the president is too old. The polls that show the American people and also significant majorities within the Democratic Party don't want him to run again. And the polls that show his handling of the economy, foreign policy, all of these dismal polls, his job approval ratings, um, does the White House have any basis to challenge the accuracy of that polling? I never, we never challenge, I'm not challenging the accuracy here. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying to you is that, um, you know, we're not going to change the minds of Americans. I get that. 
Americans are going to feel how they feel, and we're going to respect that. And I've said that many times from here, many times. I said that moments ago. What I can tell you is what our perspective is. What I can tell you is how we see things. Wait, 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 wait. Biden literally challenged the polling. Remember mm-hmm. Peter Ducey was calling him Jack or Fred or Sam or whatever, you know, name he had for him that day and you know i've got eight polls that show me way in the lead of course he never produced them because they don't exist but biden literally did the thing that she said we're not gonna do yeah well and americans can feel it with the record high gas prices we've experienced the eight million illegals that have come into the country the recession the violent crime the high taxes the 60 billion going to ukraine the afghanistan disaster you've got calling parents terrorists you've got cr You've got the baby formula outages, the whole defund the police thing, the open border, the fentanyl deaths, the federal spending, the cost for food, grooming of our children. We know what we feel for a reason, and she's right. They're not going to be able to change our minds. Well, wasn't that the most interesting part of it was instead of her going, look, we hear the American people and we are pivoting policy wise to correct public actions that have not benefited the people of this country. Her simple thing is, yeah, we're just not going to change your mind. Yeah. Okay. So um, a lot of people have been criticizing Biden. It's a lot because of his age. And uh, even the former Obama advisor, David Axelrod, criticized Biden's stamina. And Kareen saying, no, it's it's not about his age. Okay. Sure, Jan. But here she is talking about Biden's stamina. I mentioned the president's excited to be celebrating his birthday, but I'm curious. David Axelrod told the New York Times, quote, Biden thinks he can cheat nature here, and it's really risky. A, what's the president's response to David Axelrod? Does he respect his opinion? Does he think he's right? But also, I mean, is there a real alarm happening behind the scenes that the president is simply too old to stake around for another four years? No, there's no alarm happening behind the scenes. There, I, I can only speak sure. behind the scenes here. There's no alarm happening behind the scenes, and I'm certainly not going to uh, comment on uh, everybody who has something to say. Uh, uh, I didn't say that. I didn't, I, yeah. Nowhere in my response to you that I said that. I said I'm just not going to comment on everyone that has that has a comment to say. They're going to speak for themselves. I'm going to speak for the president. And here, what I'll say is, look, um, and also, it's just not my job. It's not my job to think to, to think through or to um, uh, to tell people what to think, right? Whether it's an, uh, the American American people out there, or uh, or a a you know political analyst, or or as your question is about David Axelrod, it's just not my 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 place to speak to that. Mm-hmm. It's her job to speak for the president, or in her case, lie. <laughs> It's great stuff. Yeah. 19 minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
23 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It should be painfully clear to everyone that President Trump's liberty-loving America First policies work far better than the left's woke grievance culture. That's what Todd Rokita said yesterday when he came out and endorsed Donald Trump for 24. Oh, uh, boy, how bold of him to yeah. pick the guy uh, that's winning by 40 points. Very very brazen of uh, Rokita to just, I mean, just go out on a limb. And uh, boy, uh, what are what are we supposed to do with this, Casey? Is this like we give him a round of applause to for picking the guy nine months in who's winning? Leading in all the polls? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, like, like saying, <clears throat> um, man, I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan, Casey. Oh, they just happen to be the best team in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, gosh darn it. Isn't that funny how that worked Eagles. out? Eagles. <laughs> um, okay, so he said today, I joined millions of everyday Hoosiers in endorsing Donald Trump for president. And then he posted a picture of him standing next to Donald Trump where he's kind of eyeing him lovingly. I almost think he took it as an, uh, an advantage, uh, an opportunity just to post a picture of him with Donald Trump. Well, I mean, it's, because it's, a, it's just a very Rokita thing to do. And we're going to get into the latest on Rokita when mm-hmm. Micah joins us here at at, uh, at 945. Like, here's here's the, th- the thing. And I saw somebody in the chat. Man, you blew it on DeSantis, Rob. No, I didn't blow anything. Our job is to come on here and tell you the realities the way we see it. And the reality is that Ron DeSantis has done a phenomenal job running the state of Florida. Ron DeSantis made Florida the way every single state in the union should be. While Donald Trump was printing five, six, seven trillion dollars, while Donald Trump was lobbying for mandatory masking, while Donald Trump was mandated lobbying for business shutdowns, while Donald Trump was putting Anthony Fauci in charge and just total morons like Jerome Adams in charge of shutting society down and advocating for governors like Eric Holcomb to shut his state down, Ron DeSantis was doing the opposite and doing what was right. I'm not going to come on here and lie to you and say Donald Trump did a great job during COVID or that 95% of what Trump did during COVID is remotely excusable just because he might win the nomination. That's not what we do here. Donald Trump is going to have a hell of a time winning election next year. And poll after poll after poll shows that if the Republicans pick anyone other than Donald Trump, they'll have a much easier time. Now, I will cheer for Donald Trump if he's the nominee. The difference between me and many of these other people is I actually give a damn about this country. I actually care about the people in this country. And so if Donald Trump is the choice between Joe Biden, I will get on board with Donald Trump. However, I'm not going to lie to you, even to this day, and say, oh, yeah, you should totally go with Trump. He did a great job as president. All the stuff that he did during COVID, totally excusable. His collapse and epic failures on things like the wall or draining the swamp, no big deal. I refuse to lie to you about that because that would be insulting your intelligence. Donald Trump is probably going to win. It doesn't mean that I think Donald Trump is the best choice. It doesn't mean that I think Donald Trump would do the best job. And it doesn't mean that Donald Trump has a track record that we should applaud. So no, I didn't blow it on DeSantis because he would be a much better choice than Donald Trump. So with Todd Rokita announcing his endorsement for Donald Trump yesterday, I have to wonder. Why didn't he do it in January, Casey? Well, okay, something happened yesterday. Democrat Destiny Wells launched an attorney general bid. She said that uh, Todd Rokita has used his office powers for an overzealous witch hunt. So isn't it ironic that on the day that 
Destiny Wells launches her bid against Todd Rokita, he's putting pictures out there of himself next to Donald Trump. Yeah, I have no respect for people like Rokita or Greg Abbott or these people who are now just now endorsing Donald. Why didn't you do it in January? Why didn't you do it when he announced right after the election last year? You knew what Trump was. If you're such Trump cheerleaders and you're Team Trump and you're Trump through and through. He was holding on to that until a day when he needed to put himself next to Donald Trump. And he was he was reading the tea leaves, Casey. He thought, just like everybody else did, that Ron DeSantis was going to do much better. He being Rokita, thought Ron DeSantis was going to do much better than he's done. And deep down, most of these people, if they're if you hooked them up to a lie detector, now a bunch of these people are sociopathic enough, they could probably beat the lie detector. But... <laughs> Everybody knows Florida is markedly better run than Washington, D.C. under Donald Trump. And many of these people wanted Ron DeSantis to be the nominee because he would do a better job, but he's probably not going to be the nominee. These people are just clingers and hangers on. And I have respect for people who endorse Trump in November of last year when he announced or in January of this year when he first announced because that's when you were sticking your neck out. Now you're just hopping on a train that you know is about to run over everything on the tracks, which is par for the course for Todd Rokita. Mm-hmm. It is 28 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 33 minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Here's a question for you, Rob. How old were you when you bought your first home? Your first house? Uh, Bought, Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, I was 33, I think. Okay. So a little bit younger than the median age now. Oh. Uh, America's home buyers are older than ever. The median age now for a first-time home buyer... 49 years old. No way. Yes. This from the National Association of uh, Realtors. Uh, They said that uh, 49 is now the new age that home buyers are. 18 years older than it was in 1981. Well, you know, look, there was always a theory when I was younger of, oh, yeah, you you need to be a homeowner because you build up equity Mm -hmm. in the in the home. And Mm -hmm. there's there is merit to that. I mean, that's not some insane, crazy person speak there. You do, obviously, as you pay your mortgage down, especially if you pay extra on your principal, you can quickly build up equity in the home and that versus rent, which you're just throwing away. Mm -hmm. However, when I became a young adult, um, I heard people speak on this. And one of the guys, I think he's still on this radio station on the weekends, is Pete the Planner, who used to speak about this, of when you factor in what it costs, like let's say your water heater goes out. Mm-hmm. Or let's say, you know, you've got you know a furnace issue or just all the little day-to-day things that could happen in a home, they cost money yeah and when you add all those things up over time you're not really likely saving all that much now if you can live in a house and this is part of why new builds are so popular because you get the five-year warranty or six-year warranty or whatever it are with a lot of these new builds on all the appliances and everything else but if you're in a home and unless you can make it you know five ten years without any major issues you're really not all that far ahead. And then you have the stress of everything that comes with home ownership. So I think the older people have gotten, now there of course is great, uh, good in home ownership. It builds stability in the community, neighborhoods, you know, care of the houses, et cetera. But that's actually, now that I think about it, not probably all that surprising in a modern era where 
those sort of theories now have been out in the mainstream for quite a while. Okay, so uh, the National Association of Realtors has said that the first-time homebuyer age has crept up over the past 40 years. It used to be 35, well, it, it was 29 in mm-hmm. 1981, and then in 2013, it went up to 31, and then it went up to 35, and now it's sitting at 49. That seems really older to me to be buying your first home but it's not really surprising when the home price the median home price is over four hundred thousand dollars in the country and you think about it you've got rising costs on everything right now you've got an interest rate that's up at eight percent right now and a shaky job security a lot of people maybe intentionally not buying mm-hmm. a home for the first time. I, I went several years and did deliberately did not buy a home. And would you like to hear the reason why, Casey? Yeah, I would. As you know, Casey, I've come <laughs> a long way in my life, and I used to do a lot of things just out of spite. And um, I certainly could have afforded a home. It was not out of the realm of possibility by any stretch of the imagination. But when I, <laughs> I was very young when I ran in one public office and one of the things they tried to use against me was he doesn't even own a home here Mm -hmm. and so for four years i got such joy out of knowing how much it pissed off people that i didn't like that i didn't didn't own a home that i deliberately didn't do it and i said i used to tell people yeah you know what i'm in my 20s so i spend my money on booze and hot women Mm -hmm. sorry you have to spend yours on a water heater (laughs) and so i just went about four years and deliberately didn't buy a house (laughs) okay so the oracle of wall street which is whitney they say that young people have been priced out of the housing market and uh that younger people are missing out on an average of 21 trillion dollars in equity because they're not buying a home and uh they also say that homeowners in the u.s are now increasingly single women and that the rise of the solo female home buyer has gone up it's almost proportional i, I will tell uh, this is true casey some of the nicest homes i've ever been in in terms of the way i'm not saying the biggest homes but i'm saying the nicest homes in terms of like exterior the way they're kept the stuff mm-hmm. in them some of the nicest homes i've ever been in were owned by single women because, because they want that curb appeal. Yeah. And it's that's, a safety and a security thing. And that's their life, right? Like mm-hmm. their house is their life. So they put all sorts of their, and if they're single, clearly like they have disposable income, et cetera. So they put huge money into their homes. Yeah. Well, Kev, make a note of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. I, I hear some advice coming. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I can say this to keep my job. So I'm trying to word this in my head as mm-hmm. we go through real time. Still be governed by the FCC. Uh, one of the one of the things you should really look for um, because you're what you're entering your late 20s, and I know you're. Yeah, you're kind of like not bar scene guy, so you're not really looking for a college-aged woman. I mean, I think you'd probably take it I, if it was I'm handed to you. down. Yeah. So when you, you're now entering a phase where you will date women who have their own dwellings and surroundings and whatnot, and the number one thing you should probably look for, I mean, right out of the gate, is where do they live and how do they keep up their house? That's what I'm, I'm writing. He's, this right, down. he's actually writing it down as we yeah. say this because that mm-hmm. will give you great insight. If a woman is in her late 20s mm-hmm. and, or or early 30s and cannot keep 
a suitable dwelling, then that is not the sort of mate that is going to fit for you, Kevin. Noted. Yeah, boom. See you. Okay, see so, how we did that? Yeah. Female <laughs> see buyers. what we did with this segment? I know you had you're, no idea we were going there with I, that. I had no idea that that dating advice was going to come out of this, but uh, female buyers alone now make up 19% of American home buyers, which is almost double that of single I, men. I mean, think about it. What sort of homemaker is this woman going to be for Kevin? Mm-hmm. What sort of mother is she going to be for Kevin's children <laughs> if when she is single and has all sorts of disposable income and if by 27 or 28 or 29 you've had ample opportunity to secure employment mm-hmm. and spending habits which mm-hmm. should enable you to secure whether it is an apartment or a house of decent living standards mm-hmm. and if they can't do it by then Kevin you turn and you run <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm keeping you turn that. and you run I'm going to keep that in mind yeah absolutely also make sure the stove is clean yeah, that is important. It's good to clean the stove. Yeah. Okay, we've got uh, Micah Beckwith. He's going to join us next, and we're going to talk about, uh, well, the attorney general race that uh, is happening here in the great state of Indiana. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Go to the WIBC hotline. Joining us from a crowded highway near you somewhere, <laughs> conservative voice of the state of Indiana, uh, Pastor Michael Beckwith. What are you doing, Beckwith? Why are you just walking down the side of a dangerous highway somewhere? Well, it's a combination of my my car had to go into the shop. And anytime I take the car into the shop, I always feel bad inconveniencing someone to pick me up. Mm-hmm. So I used to just run home. Like I just like, oh, I'm going to turn it into a, a little bit of exercise. But it's kind of a crappy day to do exercise, so yeah. I picked a really bad day to to run home. So I'm just I'm running home to the office and literally, and, uh, you're literally yeah. like you have stopped the middle of your jogging to do this interview with us <laughs> on a crowded interstate somewhere. You know what, That's Mike? Right. I always say I've got a thumb, I've got a middle finger. I'll get there. someone would pick you up very quickly me and rob they they drive by they're like nope not not good looking enough nope nope well you they might pick up rob they might splash with a puddle yeah all right so speaking of somebody that deserves to be splashed with a puddle it came out yesterday destiny wells is gonna give resounding defeat another shot she's running for attorney general i look casey i don't know about you uh or you micah uh you gotta give somebody credit who is just resoundingly rejected by the voters, told your services are absolutely not required in any shape, form, or fashion. And instead of doing any self-reflection, she just says, oh, yeah, I'll show you. I'm going to run for attorney general. <laughs> well, it's kind of that uh, that professional uh, candidate, right, where you, you don't get the message and you just continue to uh, 
continue to run. And, you know, Destiny, I like, I think you've, you've said it well, Rob. Uh, she's, she's a big time uh, abortion on demand yes. pusher. On demand abortion advocate is her name yes. on this show. Yes. And, and I think for me, if you can't defend life, you're not going to defend liberty and you won't defend the pursuit of happiness. That, that to me is a deal breaker right there. And she's been a, a huge advocate for abortion, which ends the life of an innocent child. And so, I think the voters will reject her again. I mean, I think it's that's what's going to happen. And she basically came out of the out of the opening salvo and was without saying it. Maybe she got smart to say, "Don't say the word abortion." But why would she use the word at Casey medical privacy? Yeah, Isn't that the word she used mm-hmm. yesterday. I mean, this lady has a weird fetish with making no matter what office she runs for abortion front and center. And she's, I mean, the reason we call her an on-demand abortion advocate is she has never said, Micah any limits that she would put on abortion, which tells me you are for abortion from conception to live birth. That's right. And anytime somebody who's pro-abortion, I always ask them, I said, when do you, when do you believe life begins? Because that's the issue right there. I'll say, because we all know, like, if a, if a little child walked into a room and somebody shot that child in the head, we'd all say, oh, my gosh, that's awful and wicked and should never happen. And we'd all, I think, we, collectively, ma- the majority of people that – whether you're Republican, Democrat, left, right, you would agree that that is wicked and shouldn't happen. So we, we agree that we should protect life. So I always ask the abortion advocates, I say, when does life begin in your mind? And you know what? They can never consistently yeah. tell me. They, they don't know. They, they can't say any time uh, between the, the conception and the, and the birth. They, so they, they, they run from that question, and it's because science – has proven life does start at conception, and they just don't want to admit it. Uh, Micah, back with our guests. We're talking about on-demand abortion advocate Destiny Wells, despite being thoroughly trounced by complete buffoon Diego Morales. She's given it another go. She will not be deterred, Casey. She's running for attorney general. Okay, Micah, so she said that her campaign's going to focus on medical privacy, workers' rights, and ethical standards, and the Republican uh, Party has said that she uh, is going to lose overwhelmingly, but Wells has said that she's better positioned because now she has a team and network already in place from her run as Secretary of State. Instead of starting from scratch, I mean, is that is that going to help her at all? Well, I mean, I think that it'll help from an organizational standpoint. She has a little bit more name ID. That might help her. She's not going to be able to beat Todd Rakita. I mean, there's, there's no way. I mean, Todd's just too popular. Um, With as, who? Like, with, with the conservative oh, base, sorry. <laughs> and 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 uh, and here's what I would ask about Destiny: when she, she when she wants to advocate for medical privacy, she was out there forcing people to get the vaccines, or else go and like, or else you'd be like damned to hell, lose your job, mask up and vaccinate. She was pushing all that nonsense, and so she's not been an advocate for medical privacy. If you want to talk about real medical privacy, she's been an advocate for big pharma and for do what Dr. Fauci says. Okay, and I am put in a terrible shot uh, position here, Micah, because now I have to choose between a complete moron who's unqualified for the job in Rokita and a total maniac, Wells. I can't pick her, and I I can't reward Rokita's incompetence, so what am I supposed to do? (laughs) Okay, well, here's the thing. Nobody's perfect, but as far as Todd Rakita goes... I don't need perfect, Micah. I want mediocre. I am fine with someone being (laughs) mediocre at this job. I I actually am a big fan of Todd Rakita, and here's why. Because he is a bold fighter. Now, you may say he doesn't get it right all the time. Okay, fine. We can can have a debate on that that merit. However, he does not back down from the 
the bully left. I mean, these guys are bullies. They, the, the cancel culture comes out. And most of the time, Republican politicians cower in fear and run away. Todd doesn't do that. He stands up and he punches back. And I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, Mike, back with our guest. Okay, you have an interesting theory, and I was going to lead with this until the on-demand abortion advocate decided she was not going to be deterred despite being resoundingly rejected last year. Uh, you have a very interesting theory, and that is Joe Biden will not be the nominee for president. Go. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the nominee at all. I think it's interesting that the the DNC, the convention, is in Chicago, mm-hmm. the home of the home of the Obamas. I have a theory that it's going to be Michelle Obama will get the nomination. So swoop in at the last minute. She would be a very hard candidate for the Republicans to beat. Now she would be, she would be just as bad as Joe Biden when it comes to the presidency, but she, she's the, you know, the darling of the left. And so, so I, that's my theory. They're not going to let Joe Biden run again. The guy can't even walk. I mean, you said it really well yesterday, Rob, he can't human. The guy can't even human. And they're not going to let – there's no way they're going to let him in there for another four years. I promise you that. And I think Gavin Newsom's going to gonna be jockeying for it. But I, I, I think it's going to be Michelle Obama. It certainly will not be Joe Biden. Yeah, you know what? We talked about that yesterday, Micah, and I agree with you. I think it's going to go down to the convention in Chicago. And um, Michelle Obama's name has been thrown around. Uh, Clay Travis from OutKick said the same thing. Uh, I've also heard Gavin Newsom, and I've also heard Gretchen Whitmer's name being thrown around. That These are all possibilities of people who are going to walk up on that stage during the convention and uh, make a big to-do, which will have Biden and Harris out. Yeah. Well, Comrade Gretchen would I don't think she has a shot. I, I think uh, she might think she has a shot. But 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 you're right. I think it will be somebody at that convention. It'll sort of be a uh, we're going to flip it at the convention. I think, uh, you know, they'll let Biden run, run the process. They'll let him go through Iowa, uh, South Carolina, and then they'll get to the convention. And I think the superdelegates will do what they're told to do by the Obamas and they'll they'll pull Biden and put somebody else in. All right, Beckwith, before I let you go, I, uh, I I have an idea. Are you ready for this idea? I'm, re- I'm scared. Is this, like a, <laughs> is this like a startup company? Well, it's, this is a, well, it's a startup radio show idea, and uh, okay. here here is what I think would be the best thing for everyone. Casey, yeah. right now, look you, Casey, look into my eyes. I'm, well, they're big as saucers, which is making me nervous. Do I have the look of a serious person right now? You're smiling, kind of. Yeah. I think, and this is a ge- this is a genuine offer to Todd Rokita. Uh-huh. If Todd Rokita will come on this show and we won't pull any shenanigans with him, we'll give him a forum to talk about why he and I should bury the hatchet mm-hmm. and I should support him against this on-demand abortion maniac, Destiny Wells. I, I'm I'm willing to be the bigger man here. Wouldn't the Lord be proud of me, Micah? You tell society how Todd Rokita should take take me up on this very genuine offer and how proud the Lord is of me right now. Well, I think Todd should take you up on it. I think that would be great. You are a softball interviewer, that's for sure. Not so any hard punches. When you had Suzanne Crouch on right after the shutdowns, all you did was talk about agriculture. You talked nothing about the shutdowns, nothing about any of that stuff. So I think, Todd, if you're listening, Rob is super easy. Just come Micah, on Mike, Micah running against the farmers is going to be a bold move next year at the convention. I can't wait to see how that plays out. Micah, everybody knows that I'm the tough one during the interviews, not Rob. 
That's right. You are. Isn't that funny? <laughs> hey. All bark, no bite. Hey. All bark. So Rokita should do this, right? I yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm 100 percent on board with that. But he calls you a jilted lover. <laughs> well, I've been called worse <laughs> by jilted lovers. <laughs> hey, I, I so I want to say this uh, for real, Micah, and we talk about this in kind of you know the ads we read for the church. But man, Life Church has been so, so awesome. I'm so thankful for you guys, you and Nathan and Tori and everybody over there have had such a great impact on our life. So I wanted to put that out there that this year, uh, me and Gabrielle and Olivia, we're we're so thankful for the Life Church family. Well, it's awesome to hear that, Rob. And, you know, God's doing an amazing thing at Life Church. He's just, he's raising up a, a, a community of people who love the Lord passionately, who love truth, and, and will, they'll give you the shirt off their back, and they'll be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's just been so fun to see the growth of the church over the last few years. Uh, he did an entire interview on a crowded highway and didn't get run over. That's why he should be the next <laughs> lieutenant governor. Fantastic. Micah Beckwith, thank you. Hey, love you guys. Take it easy. Happy Thanksgiving, Micah. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.